Good morning, Celebration Center family. Um, just so glad you're joining us today. Uh, it's what an amazing world we live in to be able to have church um, via the internet and streaming in uh, in video here. Um, I just uh, you know I'm glad that you've chosen to spend your Sunday morning with us. Uh, we're all glad that we're able to get together, um, even from a distance, that we can still. Um, Talk about God and worship God together. Um, and obviously, we have had some changes over the last couple of weeks with having to do church differently. Um, but I am just amazed at the um, creativity and just the resources that we have available to be doing things like this. And so, uh, clearly, um, you know, doing things a little bit differently than planned. When Nathan had talked to me about uh, doing this message a few months ago. Um, accepted, but thought I'd be doing it in person. Um, and for those of you who haven't met me, I'm Marshall with, uh, I'm on the governing board here and uh, not the, the normal uh, speaker on Sunday morning. So I was glad to uh, kind of help uh, Nathan out here and, and be sharing the word and the message this morning. Um, so uh, next week, you'll be uh, back to uh, Pastor Nathan bringing the word, but uh, for today, I'm you know recording this here on a beautiful uh, Saturday afternoon from my dining room, and so if you uh, see my cat jumping around behind me, or maybe my dog barking, or a um, truck drive by, or something, hopefully you just have a bit of bit of grace for us here. Um, these are uh, definitely some changing times and different times, and so appreciate everybody's flexibility with that. But uh, today we're going to be um, reading through and talking about uh, the Apostle Peter. And I guess I want to start it out by asking you guys a question. You know, can you think of a, uh, what's your favorite story? What's your favorite movie? Or um, maybe it's a book. Maybe it's a book that got turned into a movie, or maybe it's a movie that got turned into a book. Maybe it's even a, sto a sports uh, story, right? Um, I, I guess I'd ask, if you can, um, be curious, maybe put in the comment thing. Uh, if you're watching, doing church online or in YouTube, why don't you uh, put in the chat box there, or the comments. Um, what is your favorite story, the book or movie or what have you? Um, I'm just. It'd be interesting to see what that is. Um, one that I can think of right now. Uh, I, I was struggling with this one because I'm a sucker for a good, uh, a, a good story, uh, a good movie. Um, but one that I think of recently is Ford versus Ferrari. Um, I'm a car guy. This movie is less about cars, more about the characters, which is kind of an interesting element. But um, I think it like many of the stories that you can think of, your favorite stories are about a character that kind of overcomes some sort of adversity and maybe sinks to some some low and things look bleak, and then they're able to uh, to resolve that and come out a better person and a changed person uh, at the end of it. And I think really um, these things are part of God, God's design in us, right? We all love a good comeback story. Maybe that's... Uh, certain sports event or a movie or a book. Um, but have you noticed we, with these, we, we don't love the middle, right? When things are low and bleak, uh, we're not, we're not such fans then. Right. Um, but we love to, and, and when things don't have that low part, I don't think they're as memorable. Right. And so we love to see this journey. Um, and I do think that this is part of God's design and just how he's built us to love to see that growth in things and in ourselves. Um, and today, 
you know, we're going to be talking about Peter, who's a, a great example of a story like that. Um, and the Bible is really full of those kinds of stories. Just, uh, it does not read like a highlight reel. It does not uh, look like somebody's Instagram page or Facebook page. It's not just the highlights. If you really read through the Bible, you see so many characters and major um, figures that have gone through real low points and have come back up on the other side uh, through God's help and through God's um, provision. And so today we're going to read about Peter. Um, we'll be in a couple different Gospels, but we'll start out in Matthew and we'll end up in John here. But it, starting out in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, um, it starts out by saying, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, speaking of Jesus, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets, and they followed him. And so here, here's our first encounter, Jesus' first encounter with Peter. So he calls him and says, Hey, quit being a fisher of fish and be a fisherman. And they follow him. Um, and later in Matthew 16, uh, Jesus really calls Peter out. And this is really this, uh, this amazing event, right? Like, it's a Matthew 16, verse 16. Uh, he says, Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So what does Jesus do here? He he does a couple things, right? He, he starts out with Simon, but he changes his name to Peter. And Peter, um, many of you may know, means rock, right? So he changes his name from Simon, which is like the hearer or the listener, what that means um, to the rock, the rock, the foundation that he's going to build his church on. And so this is an amazing calling on Peter to say, um, here's who you were, here's who you're going to be, and this is my plan for you. Um, and I could not imagine such a great calling, such a, an important and, and a, um, yeah, just a significant calling. Um, and so Peter goes from here with Jesus and the apostles. And, uh, you know, he goes for years really working with Jesus on a day-to-day -day basis and just doing, doing life with him, ministering, seeing miracles happen. Uh, just amazing stories that you read throughout, um, the next, you know, 10 chapters of, of Matthew here, but as well as uh, many others. And so, uh, the next part of our, of Peter's story here, we're going to read is in Matthew chapter 26. So this is after Jesus, um, is arrested and, Put on trial and uh, and is about to about to be crucified. So in chapter twenty six of Matthew, starting in verse sixty nine, we read this other part. This this uh, so Matthew twenty six sixty nine. Now Peter was sitting outside of the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, "You also were with Jesus the Galilean." But he denied it before them all, saying, "I do not know what you mean." And when he went out to the entrance. Another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you two are one of them, for your accent betrays you. And he began to invoke a curse on himself and swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered 
the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. So here is Peter. Uh, when times are tough, and he blows it, right? He denies that he knows Jesus three times. Um, I mean, if I'm being honest, Peter is so relatable here. Um, you know, we all mess up. And I think the real question is, do we recover? And how do we recover from that? Um, so we're going to talk about this next chapter in, in, in Peter's life and and how he does recover, because this is not the end of the story. This is just the middle, right? Um, so in John 21, um, starting in verse 15, this is after Jesus has been crucified and resurrected um, and comes out and, and visits Peter and the other disciples. Um, so John 21, verse 15 starts and says, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to P Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. Jesus said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because of this. Because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. So here we see a picture of Jesus uh, talking with Peter and reminding him of his calling, right? Um, so this really isn't the end of the story, right? So Peter has this failing and he has this restoration and really this charge that Jesus is giving him again to be that pastor, to be that shepherd of the flock. So we've got to remember, and this is my first point here, that failure isn't final. Um, we can see that Peter's story doesn't end with the denial. And in fact, it even continues beyond John 21, which we just read. Uh, it goes on to do amazing things throughout the New Testament. Um, and many of our uh, church stories even today, are, are we spend so much time talking about it, right? Um, so his, his fall is not the end of his story. It's just the middle. Um, and I think an important thing to remember is that things in the middle often look like failures. Um, you know, if you think about baking a cake, right? You, you looks nice on the box or whatever. You, you mix it all together, put it in the oven. But if you were to take it out in the middle of the baking process, it would look like a total failure. It would just look like this big puddle of goo, right? Um, very unappetizing and just a total failure if you were to judge it at that point. But if you leave it in the whole time uh, and really see it through to the end, you, it can be a success, right? Um, another example I was thinking of, or you know, maybe it's because of springtime here or something, but uh, butterflies and, and caterpillars, right? It, you take the caterpillar and it goes into its cocoon and it turns into this really this goo where it's just you know, reconfiguring itself and it emerges this beautiful butterfly. But if you were to kind of measure it in the middle of that process, you wouldn't have expected this beautiful thing to come out from the end of it. And sometimes we focus on that middle part and that uh, when we're the goo, right? And so that's what we think 
is just going to be the situation in the end of the story. And it's, it's just the middle and we need to have more patience and, and wait it out um, and see it to its completion. Um, and I think that we often look at ourselves and expect ourselves to have this constantly improving trajectory that, you know, our each day is our new, uh, new best day. And that just isn't the way that uh, life works. And I think for many of us, we, we know that, we know that of ourselves, but we still seem to sometimes expect it. Um, and I just want you to know, it's okay to have setbacks. Um, you know, it's normal. Jesus knows that we'll have setbacks. That's uh, not going to be a surprise to him. Um, I mean, just like it wasn't a surprise that Peter denied him. Um, Jesus knew it. He told Peter he was going to do it, right? Uh, in fact, Jesus knew he was going to do it when he called him and told him he was going to be his rock. Um, I mean, he, he knew it from the beginning. It didn't surprise him. Um, and when he asked Peter if he loved him, he knew what the answer was. Uh, he knew that Peter loved him. Um, I mean, <laughs> you really think about it, right? God has never said, uh, you know, it didn't work out like I expected. I didn't didn't see that one coming, right? I mean, it just doesn't happen. God, that's not possible, right? Um, and so I guess when I think about this story, who really needed to hear uh, Peter say that he loved him, right? I think it really was Peter. Peter needed to hear himself say that. We often do this ourselves. We have to say things out loud to kind of remind ourselves of things. And I think this is what's going on with uh, Jesus and Peter in this story. Um, when we go through setbacks, we need to be reminded. Um, we need to be reminded of, of our love for our love for God, not just God's love for us, but our love for God too. Um, and that helps us to remember what He's uh, what He's done for us and and His calling for us as well. And when you fall short, and we will, let's just remember to not let that be the end of our story. Um, we can often feel when we've made these mistakes that we're disqualified that we can't continue. I mean, just like when you're running a race or doing some sort of sport, um, if you're disqualified, you don't, you don't get to go back to the beginning and try again. You're, you're done. Um, but when we make a mistake with, uh, in our lives and in our path with Jesus, they're expected and we're not disqualified. We may be unqualified. Right. And the big difference there to me is that, uh, we're unqualified. There's still, there's still hope for us. There's still a process and really, God can be that qualification for us. Um, so many of the stories throughout the Bible are full of uh, people that, that, that weren't qualified. Um, you know, you look at Gideon, who uh, God calls a mighty warrior, right? Um, small, he, was, he says himself he was from the smallest clan and um, just uh, didn't see it in himself. But, uh, and we look at Moses, who is called to speak to Pharaoh for the whole nation. And he says, well, I, I can't. I don't speak well, right? And, uh, and God becomes his qualification for him. And so God is the one that qualifies us, uh, even when we're feeling unqualified. So just don't feel disqualified when you've made a mistake. Um, I think the, the, thing to, the second point that I want to make today is that we need to go to Jesus for restoration. Um, he's really the one that can restore us. And we often try to shortcut that process or do it on our, on our own by ourselves. And that never sticks. It's never successful. It's not a real restoration. Um, if you look at back at Peter's story arc, right? He starts out as a fisherman. He goes and it's called to follow Jesus, so he does. He 
He's called to be the rock of the church, and he does ministry with Jesus for a while. And then he hits his low point, right? We just read that. He denies that he even knows Jesus. Um, he swears. He puts a curse on himself, right? Or an oath. Um, I don't know him. Um, and then after he does that, he, he feels just that shame of knowing what he did, that he denied Jesus. And he goes and he goes back to fishing, what he's used to doing. He goes back to the spot that he was before he was called to follow Jesus. And I think we often do that ourselves. We just go back to what's comfortable. And when we make a mistake, it's like, ah, blew that. Time to go back to what I was doing before. And I just want you to all be encouraged that um, that we're not disqualified from that. We, we are still called to more than that. Um, so when, you know, when, when Jesus asks him, uh, do you love me more than these? Um, you know, I don't know if he's ta- if Jesus is asking him if he loves him more than the people he's with or Jesus loves him more than the fish that he caught. I, I don't really know, but I do know it didn't, didn't, doesn't matter, right? The answer is yes, that Peter loves Jesus more than any of those things. Um, and even though he went back to it, um, he, he still loves Jesus. Uh, and he just needed to be reminded of that, I think, and he needed to uh, be with Jesus for that restoration. Um, so maybe you can think of a routine or a place that you head to, back to when when you're when things are falling apart. Um, I think it's normal, but it's not always good. Uh, I think with Jesus is is where we need to be when things are falling apart. When things are rough, he's the one we need to be going to. Um, think about. Right now, um, with the you know, talk about COVID nineteen and just things shutting down and things like it seems like every day it's a little bit different news story um, and just changing a changing world, changing environment, um, not just from you know hospitals and maybe fear of getting sick and things like that, but just from financial impacts that are coming and just the uncertainty. Um, it really resonated me with me reading through Peter's story this week um, in preparation of this message that, uh, you know, Peter had followed Jesus for years and to see him crucified, I mean, his world must have just been felt like it was falling, uh, falling apart around him, just a whirlwind, right? And I think that's really relatable right now. And I think that um, for some of us, we we are going back to, uh, to things where we're thinking that things are... Uh, no longer possible. Um, and so I think we're going back to some of the places where we're comfortable with and some maybe some of the old habits. Um, and I think that those can be healthy, but not if that's where we stay, right? I need to um, maybe sit in that spot for us for a little bit, but then go to Jesus and get our calling um, reconfirmed and, and restored there. Um, I think that we often look for consistency and, and things that we know when we're in troubling times. And uh, I would just say, you know, what's what's more consistent than Jesus? He is the same today as he has always been. And so um, while we may understand him better or differently today than we did uh, yesterday or, you know, years ago, he's still the same. We're just discovering more. And so with him is where that ultimate consistency lies. And so I would just ask you to, to come to him and uh, you'll be restored. And I think when we turn to him, just like Peter, what we do find 
his acceptance and comfort and love. We find that Jesus loves us. Um, I mean, if I'm in Peter's shoes and I think back at this, uh, what might have I expected, right, uh, of Jesus? That here I had my last interaction with Jesus on earth was denying him. And here I am seeing him again. And I would have expected him, right, if he was a human, just a, just a mortal to say something like, uh, you blew it, you know, where were you? Uh, you denied me. I thought we were, um, you know, I thought you were going to follow me and, and you denied me. Um, and just to really call that out, right? Um, but Jesus doesn't do that. Um, you know, he just... He welcomes him with um, with a meal, right? And he doesn't remind him of what he's done. Peter Peter knows what he did. Jesus knows what he did. He doesn't need that. What he needs is this uh, reminder and this restoration of his uh, of what Jesus has called him to. Uh, I mean, can you imagine how much shame that Peter must have felt? Um, this is the third. We read this is the third time that Jesus appeared to the uh, the disciples. Um, and so Peter might have heard about that, you know, the other two times. I'm not sure, right? But he wasn't actively out looking for him at this point. Um, and when he does see him, he it says he, you know, jumps out of the boat and, and comes and runs ashore to him. Um, so clearly he was, he was, you know, glad to see him, but he wasn't actively searching him out. But, and to be fair, right? I mean, the you read through the scripture that the other disciples were with him. So he wasn't just on his own. Uh, running away or anything, but uh, but Jesus comes and finds him. Um, he meets meets him where Peter is at, and Jesus will do that with us too. Uh, even when we're um, maybe hunkered down, yeah, Jesus will meet us where we're at. Um, definitely been guilty of this myself of kind of slinking away to maybe get my head right or or whatever you'd want to call it. Um, which again, I think is, is okay and it's healthy. And it's just, you can't stay there. You still need to go back to Jesus. Um, you know, in Peter's case, this was fishing, right? And fishing for a profession. Maybe for some of us, it's, uh, it's fishing for a hobby. But, um, you know, fishing isn't going to restore, didn't restore Peter. The fishing is not going to restore us. It's going to be the presence of Jesus that's going to restore us. And so I guess I'll say, you know, how do we go to Jesus? I think that um, this can look like a lot of different things. But for me, I know when I'm anxious, I often will have kind of this anxious energy about me or maybe you even bite my nails or something, right? Um, but when you find yourself doing that, just stop that activity, quiet yourself and go to him in prayer and just know that uh, he wants to hear all of it. You know, bring to him your your fears, your emotions, um, even if you have doubts, bring to him your doubts. Uh, his, his love is not fragile. He is able to take it and he's able to uh, talk with you about it and to, you can put that on him. On him. Uh, he's not afraid of it. And so just go to him with those things and just be real honest and open with him in your prayer time with him. Um, and I would say, if you've got maybe a scripture that's really spoken to you over the uh, past that you would just meditate on that, maybe just repeat it to yourself and just be, um, be constantly thinking about that and just that truth that lies in it um, and just be focused on that.
And I think another question to think about is, you know, how to get over failure. And I would say, um, first, you need to recognize that God's grace for you. I think that when we think about God's grace, it's easier for us to have grace for ourselves. Um, just remember his grace that he's, that you're not disqualified from serving him. Um, have grace for yourself and then have grace for other people. I think by practicing grace for other people and forgiveness that we can really, um, it's easier to apply it to ourselves when we're applying it to others. And right now I think, um, people need it. You know, if they're like me over this last couple of weeks, I've, especially this last week, I found myself being really distracted and, um, and it still had the same expectation on myself about how much uh, work I can produce or, um, you know, just to be functioning like I was before, um, before all the social distancing measures have been put in place, but just give yourself grace and forgiveness there and, uh, and adjust your expectations on yourself and adjust your expectations on others. Uh, because this time is different. This world is different than it was two or three weeks ago. And so for a time, we're going to have to um, just kind of recalibrate on that. And that's okay. Um, so just give yourself some grace there. So know also that um, my third point here is, is really that to know that Jesus gives us perspective. Um, if we move towards his plan, um, even when we've had a detour. So um, you look back at when Jesus calls Peter back towards his, uh, towards his original plan. He doesn't just, uh, you know, meet him and say, Peter, I still love you. You know, um, he doesn't, um, he doesn't just console him. He reminds him of his calling. And I think God does that for us too. When we go to him, um, he'll kind of reaffirm us and tell us that he loves us. And we'll, we'll know that. Um, but he, he still calls us. He still has a plan for us. And so, um, we just need to remember, um, Remember that plan as well, that it's not just for our benefit, but we need to uh, be expecting and anticipation that he's still going to have. He still has a plan for us because uh, he does. He hasn't changed his plan for us. It's different for each one of us. Um, his calling is unique for each of us, but um, it is still it is still true for each of us that uh, that he has that calling. And it's not uh, it's not changed for us despite our circumstances. Um, as I was preparing for this message, you know, there are so many parallels, I think, of this uh, story of Peter and uh, another parable of the, the prodigal son. So uh, that parable is found in Luke chapter 15. And really, it, it starts out with um, a father and two sons. His youngest son um, basically says, you know, uh, I want you to give me my inheritance now. Um, I don't want to be under your roof or under your rules anymore. So just cash me out. And, um, and, and so he does, and, and he goes off on his own and he really squanders his money on kind of wildlife and, uh, and just kind of, um, you know, just doesn't, doesn't make uh, prudent choices with it. And, um, really just a lot of indulging and, uh, not surprising, uh, runs out of money and he finds himself hungry, feeding pigs, um, and just really at, a, at that low spot. And so where we'll pick it up is in Luke chapter 15, verse 18, it reads, um, and this is the son speaking, uh, it says, I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. 
And he arose and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. And he ran and embraced him and kissed him. So that's an important part. I think we just want to pause here real quick. The father sees him even though he's far away. And he, and he runs to him. Right? Um, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So I just want to point out, right, that the son has this, practiced this script and he's what, what he's going to say. But he doesn't even say that before the father runs to him and kisses, kisses him, right? He's just happy to see him back. Um, he doesn't need the apology first, right? Just like Peter didn't have to apologize to Jesus, uh, he knew, right? And he was just glad to see him. So we continue back here on starting in verse 22. Uh, but the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hands and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. So in both cases, you know, the father and Jesus, uh, they come to a, so the father comes to the son when he's far off. Jesus comes to Peter when he's out fishing, right? So they came to the person that needed it. Um, and there's no, there's no condemnation in any of these stories, right? So there's, there's no, should have done this, shouldn't have done that. None of that. Um, it's just in the, in the restoration is full, right? In both cases, uh, Jesus talks to Peter about, uh, you know, do you love me? Well, feed my sheep, right? So he's, still calling him out into this pastorship, into this leadership and the shepherding that Jesus wants for Peter and wants for his church, right? Um, and just like that with the son, uh, the father puts back the ring on him. It's the kind of the sign of authority, right? With that ring, you can um, still conduct the kind of official business, right? So in, the, in that in that parable, there's still some, some story, you know, some additional story there where he, he still has, to, you know, he's, He's kind of cashed out his uh, inheritance already, but he still is a son. He's not a servant. He's not treated as, um, yeah, as a servant. He's still treated as as a son with that same authority. Um, and, and Jesus doesn't pay, change his plan for Peter, right? He's uh, he's still on plan A. There's no plan B. It's not like Jesus goes to Peter and says, "Well, you know, since you did this, uh, we got to change things up a little bit." Um, he still has that same plan for him. He still is, is uh, reminding him that um, I still need you to feed my sheep and I still need you to tend to the flock. Um, and this is the same with us. God's calling on us and plan for us is still the same, uh, despite what we may have done or mistakes that we've made. And really it's a consistent theme throughout the Bible. It, it's one of a restoring God and a redemptive God. He loves to take broken things and broken situations and make new things and beautiful things and grow his kingdom. Um, you know, he's a powerful, ever-present God. His kingdom growth doesn't depend on our individual success. Um, we're just lucky enough to be partnering with him and, and working with him um, and just to be serving a, a, such a loving God. I think when Jesus asks if Peter loves him, it really is for Peter's benefit is to remind Peter that Peter really does love Jesus um, and that Jesus still has a plan for him, that he hasn't lost confidence in Peter and that Peter is still called to a purpose. Right. And I think many times we feel like we've blown it and that we've disqualified ourselves, but 
we just sometimes need to hear God remind us and for ourselves to remind ourselves that we still are loved, we still love God, and that we're still called and there's still a purpose for us. Um, so I just want to remind, remind you all that just to remember that you're never too far for God. Remember God's call and plan for you uh, is still as true today as it was at the beginning. Uh, even when you've made a misstep uh, or you're trying to go back to what's familiar out of fear or to hide, he's still calling you and he still has a plan for you. He's patiently waiting for you. Um, there may be some steps that you have to take for that restoration, um, but Jesus won't shame you. Uh, he won't punish you. For, he won't shame you for those mistakes, right? He's He's not waiting to punish you. Um, but always that first step is to turn to Jesus for those restora- for that restoration. Um, that's always the first step. And so uh, we think back about this. So Peter, of course, does continue to grow on and, and help to grow the church, right? Um, if we think back about how the story could have gone if if Peter hadn't gone to Jesus for that restoration, could you imagine what a different world, different church we would have if Peter tried to build this church out of out of a sense of making it up to Jesus or um, filling this wound and trying to just kind of prove himself? Um, I think we often try to do that ourselves. We try to we have this wound and we try to fill it fill that void full of accomplishments or um, you know trying to approve. Uh, trying to prove ourselves or put our put something out there that really isn't true just and hide some of these other aspects of our, of our life and our struggle and our story. Um, what we really need to do, and this is what Peter did, is he went to Jesus first, got restored, got that healing, and then he could be released to uh, to grow that church. And so with your calling, and if you've had some missteps or you feel uh, condemned or disqualified, just go to Jesus first, get that healing and then go out because that's how things are going to actually last and be healthy. Um, not the other way around. You're not going to be able to, to earn God's love. You're not going to be able to earn your way back into God's plan. Just go to him first, be restored. That's Jesus's job, right? Jesus does that restoration. There's nothing you can do to earn it. And so just go to him and then you'll be able to Go on your calling, and you'll you'll. Um, that's really the only healthy way to do it. Um, so, in closing, um, I've got a couple more you know, kind of summary thoughts and just some questions for application over this next week. Um, so, just I just want to remind you and encourage you that your circumstances don't dictate your calling. Uh, you know, we've read about Peter here and his circumstances. We've read about you can read about. Um, Stories in the Old Testament of Gideon, uh, the miter warrior that was found in threshing, you know, threshing his wheat and hiding. Uh, you can read the story about Moses, who um, had just is, you know, running from God, uh, hiding out in the desert because he had killed somebody, um, and uh, and frankly, just saying he's he's not qualified to speak to Pharaoh uh, because of his, uh, you know, his speech impediment, I guess. Um, so these circumstances don't dictate, dictate our, quali- uh, our calling. God is the one that provides the, or gives us that calling, and He's the one that um, that will keep that calling, and that will draw us back towards that when we've uh, maybe gone astray. Um, 
You just remember too that you're not disqualified from it. So even if you have gone astray or you've, you've missed it from time to time, you're not disqualified. You just need to go to God for that restoration. Um, so as you're thinking about that this week and praying over stuff, um, I just pray that you would um, be thinking about what you need to go to Jesus for. What do you need to be uh, restored in? What's keeping you from going to God in that? Um, and I want to think through, and I would just encourage us all to be thinking this week um, and beyond as we're having to do church from a distance and do really community from a distance, that we would just be thinking about how can we shepherd God's flock during this time. Um, like Peter, it's a challenge, right? I mean, it's he had lots of challenges in trying to shepherd that flock, um, and we do too, but it's still our calling right? as a church, as a body of believers. It is our calling to still care for one another and shepherd that flock. Um, and so I, would, so I guess I want to close with reminding us of that same question that Jesus asks Peter three times, and, three, and Peter's um, response, of course, is the same each time, but Jesus has kind of three statements that he, he makes here. So, you know, the question is, do you love me, right? And, of course, Peter's answer all, all three times is, of course, you know that I do. Um, Jesus says, so feed my lambs. Um, so I would ask, what can uh, you do to help encourage those who are younger in age or spiritual maturity, so maybe the kids in your house, what can you do to encourage them as uh, in their faith this week? He asks again, do you love me? And he says, tend to my sheep. Um, so what can we do this week to care for those around us um, in our neighborhood or in the church body? What can we be doing to really care and demonstrate community to those, even though we uh, it may look different right now? And then, of course, he also, so it's the third time he asks him, he says, you know, do you love me? And of course, yes. Uh, so he says, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Um, what can we do this week to encourage those and grow in faith and help others grow in faith that are maybe more uh, more of our peers or maybe um, along the same line? So what can we be doing to help um, feed, our, feed our, our flock, our congregation um, this week as well? Um, so I just want to close out in prayer. I just am so glad for all of you. I just encourage you to, um, you know, be thinking about... Um, the church and the people that you you know and that you have used to you're used to seeing on Sunday, um, give them a call, uh, do something to reach out to them this week, and I would just be really encouraged to see um, maybe you can do a picture of how you're doing church right now, uh, and put that on the church's Facebook page, maybe comment um, on this post, and and I would just be really encouraged to see how. Folks are, are doing church right now. If that's uh, huddled around, you know, a, a radio or huddled around a TV or um, maybe a Bible study or what have you. I just, um, I know the church will continue to grow during this time and it'll look different. But, um, you know, God's message hasn't changed. Just maybe the methods that we need to do church right now have. And so um, let me pray for you as we close out this message. God, I just, uh, I thank you for everybody joining in this morning. I thank you for your church. I thank you for your calling for all of us. We just serve such an amazing God uh, that is so full of love. And so I just pray that we would all feel that love, feel that comfort this week. Um, I pray that you just give us all creative ways of encouraging and reaching out to one another, that you would just give us um, 
a sense of peace in this storm that's going on right now. I know there's lots of scares in terms of and, and anxiety in terms of um, health, in terms of job situations, God. And I should just pray that you would um, unleash blessings in all of those areas, but also that you would just help us to feel your closeness and your peace that is really close to us right now. Pray that you would just um, help us to draw closer to you during this time, closer to our families, that we would just um, feel your peace washing over us as we uh, as we navigate these uh, these changing times. And so um, this week, I just pray you would be uh, honored that your kingdom would grow and that um, the folks joining this morning would just be able to uh, find encouragement as they go along this week. So, uh, Lord, we just ask these things in your powerful, mighty name, God. Amen. So thank you, everybody. I appreciate you. Um, we're praying for you. I uh, know that uh, I'm praying for you, that I love you, and I just, um, yeah, I just look forward to the time where we can be uh, back together in the same room uh, doing church together on Sundays. Have a great week. Be blessed.